0: turn the volume off. how are you
1: hey how you doing man you
0: hear me all right yeah you're so good i don't hear you're so good no seriously it's there can you turn do i control my volume or you control volume i control everything that's right <laughs> well, look at that nice blue bottle in my background all illuminated with the sun. look at that
1: yeah, that's beautiful.
0: That's hard to do to circle. Oh, that's funny. I noticed. How that you, are you, my friend? You're looking good.
1: I feel great. I don't Yeah. I noticed that you, you changed the, your setting or where the, your camera is because the background is different than it used to be.
0: In the other room, because I sometimes do this room.
1: Oh, it's, it's good. I love it, though. It's awesome. Oh, you do. And well, all about best. the blue bottle. Yeah. I have a little blue bottle. That's not so bad, right?
0: Only oh, yeah. that, looks nicer with sun coming through it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're back after a couple of weeks hiatus. I'm glad to
1: be back. I know it's good to see you back. So uh, I can't see you back. I can only see your face. Turn around, so I can see you back. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so how was <laughs> the
0: the Worcester the Red Sox game? I went to my first Worcester Red Sox game. Oh my God, it was a lot of fun. Polar Park. This is their inaugural season. so But it was the biggest population they've had because Chris Sale, who is the Red Sox ace, was on a rehab. He's been out for with Tommy John surgery for a year and a half. Was working with, in fact, I think he starts tonight for the Red Sox. But he was doing a rehab start in Worcester and the place was act and uh, we got there really early four o'clock game we we're in there by 2 30 and just had a lot of time to walk around and see everything and the concessions and there's a bunch of uh, well, three or four restaurants in Worcester that are pretty well known for what they do there's a pizza place there's a, a barbecue smoke house place and they all are represented in the stadium in the concessions which was fun That's cool. and a uh, great game Worcester Red Sox won which is good Chris Sale got the win this was two weeks ago now. I think he starts tonight for the Sox. And this was fun. Eh? So this is games over at about 7, 7.15. And it was, uh, there was a name for it. But if you hung around, you were allowed to walk down onto the outfield and play catch out in the outfield.
1: Whoa.
0: It was awesome. And this is interesting. So you know, there were hundreds and hundreds of mostly little kids and parents and um but I'm out, And they gave you these really squishy balls on the way out to throw because you couldn't be out there with hundreds of throwing real baseballs. But it was cool. And they had the lights on. Uh, the infield was cordoned off. You couldn't, so it was all outfield grass. And it's amazing how perfect that grass is. And they had the music piped through that I didn't recognize. And Lynn said to me, that's the music from Field of Dreams. And so we're out there on the grass throwing these balls as the sun is setting and the lights are on and field of dreams music. It was really special. It was cool.
1: So actually, I was going to ask you about the Field of Dreams. Did you watch that game with the Yankees? Well, I actually made
0: a little note to talk about it because I didn't watch it, but I knew it was coming because I listened to my, my baseball podcast. But this is fascinating. So out in Iowa, they recreated a Field of Dreams stadium. And the players come out out of the fields I saw it last night. I saw it on YouTube. And so this is so interesting. I I, I, I I don't know how much money they spent to make the stadium. I think that they're going to maintain this. Wouldn't it be cool to do like one game a year there? Yeah. So this was, I think this was either Wednesday or th- Thursday night or Friday. Uh, Chicago White Sox played the Yankees. And I knew that they were going to be in old like wool uniforms like the yeah, yeah. whole time. So I saw the video last night and if anybody's watching this, go to YouTube and just search, you know, Field of Dreams, MLB. And I just thought it was so cool. Kevin Costner walks out of the, of the corn first and just starts to walk around. And um, he started to say a couple of things which I thought was interesting. Like, is this heaven and this is perfect? And, and it was just so cool. So, then, then the teams, as you said, the teams walked out of the, the corner. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm getting, it's amazing. It was beautiful. It was
1: beautiful and yeah. so
0: they walk out and they're all shaking Kevin's hand and they line up and they actually have a game. So I'm in Boston, I'm a Red Sox fan. We kind of dislike the Yankees, lost the game. But they are not just losing it. They are getting their hearts ripped out on these losses. Like they went into the ninth inning White Sox were the home team. And they were down three runs, Yankees. It was seven four. They have two, two run two two-run homers in the top of the ninth to take the lead, eight seven. And they go to the bottom of the ninth, and the White Sox hit a two-run homer as a walk-off to win. So after this, after watching the YouTube, I this is so interesting. I watched the Field of Dreams, the movie last night. Oh whoa. And now having watched it, I don't think I ever saw it. I mean, I saw the, the pieces where the guys would walk out of the corn, but I never saw the movie until last night. Yeah, <laughs> It was amazing. I, I I, mean, oh my goodness, it was incredible. I was tearing up at the end and everything. It was amazing. I
1: trust you've seen it. Yeah, when I saw it, I think the something was wrong with the air conditioning in the, in the, in the building because my eyes were sweating. Oops. I understand
0: I do. <laughs> but that's a really cool thing. Out in Iowa, they had some seats. It looked I mean not a lot. I don't know how many they sat. It kind of looked like a minor league stadium. They probably sat six or eight thousand total guests. I have no idea, but
1: So they, I was, didn't, have, they didn't have your shirt in, in on your in your size.
0: Yeah, so I'm not wearing the appropriate shirt just yet.
1: <laughs> hey. So I've been a Red Sox fan since I was a little kid. In fact, my first baseball hat ever was a, Brit, uh, best, uh, a Red Sox hat. It doesn't fit me anymore, but <laughs> what do you think? Used to used to fit me a long time ago.
0: I would turn that thing upside down and put a scoop of ice cream in it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know those plastic ice cream hats? They sell those at the stadium, the little upside down ice cream Sundays. You know what's fun about minor league baseball? Getting back to the Worcester Red Sox is it's just so family friendly. And the stadium has gotta be half kids under 10. I mean, it's so cool. And what a great thing. And for a family to go out to take to, to watch real good baseball and not like completely break the bank. You go to Fenway with, you know, with a family of four, that's gotta be close to a thousand dollar a day between parking and food and take crazy. We could do that in Worcester for probably closer to a hundred. Which
1: is amazing. It's good, yeah. Did I ever tell you, I might have told you, I don't remember that uh, early this year, a friend of mine sent me a, uh, a picture of a, of a thing from the newspaper, the Hudson newspaper. Huh. And it was talked about the local fo- uh, soccer team that played a game at Fenway fin- Park. Ever tell you about that? Really? Oh. Yeah, and I was one of the players. Because years ago, uh, there's a team, a team called the Boston Beacons, which is a soccer team, and they played yeah. at Fenway Park, you know, in the, in the, between the, out, the outfields.
0: Yeah.
1: And we, we played in the Blackstone Valley Soccer League, and we were playing the um, championship game. So we actually played only two 15-minute halves at Fenway during the halftime of the- of the of the. Really? Half. Yeah. So the, the guy sent me a picture of it from the newspaper, the, the, the printout and stuff. And, you know, it had a bunch of us on the the photo and, you know, the names and stuff. And there I was. Wow. I said, one more thing for my sons to be proud of, of their dad. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) How old were you? When was that? You know, I probably was about 14 or 15 years old. So here's the deal. Back then I played at Fenway Park. You know, we played that game. It wasn't a big deal to me. But now that I think about it, it was a big deal. Yeah. But back then I just said. a big deal. That's cool, and we won the game too, which is cool.
0: Always, always makes it a little bit nicer.
1: So my son Josh, the one who lives in Norway, is a big Red Sox fan. I told you about that before. Yeah. He actually lived in Boston at the Fenway. That the, the this is a section of Boston called the Fenway. Yeah, kind of the Fenway neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's been in, in uh, Norway for six years, so he hadn't watched the game, the whole game, except for highlights on on the internet or something. Right. So when he was down here visiting me. We watched the Red Sox game together on TV that he hadn't seen one in six years. So it's so cool.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Gosh, my son, Zach, when he was like, oh well, Nomar Garcia-Faro is still with the team. So it's sort of been 04 or earlier, probably 03 or 02. So Zach is nine-ish maybe. Yeah. So we're going back a bunch of years. and. I think I picked it up on my travels. It was kind of like one of these raffle things, like win a something at Fenway Park with Nomar. And I mailed it in and I forgot about it. And, and I felt like months later, this big piece of mail shows up with this manila envelope and all this stuff. And it's addressed to my son, who's nine years old. I'm like, what is this? And turns out he won this. Now, I think probably a couple of hundred kids won this. But we went down to Fenway, it was empty. And we went in. we sat on the first base side behind the dugout, a few hundred people in the stands right there, and Nomar got up on the dugout to kind of address the, the crowd of kids. Um, it was kind of cool. I mean we expected it to be a little I mean, it's funny how you know we have expectations and perceptions of things, but then we were actually out on the field on the warning track. It was a little tour. I think we were tossing a ball around. Nomar kind of walked through and uh, it was interesting though, to be in a park like that and have nobody else around.
1: Oh, so you said sales at Tommy John, um, what's that? Tommy
0: John surgery, an elbow thing, but at least a year rehab. So he had it. Do you think I need it? <laughs> no, you look good. Okay. <laughs> that must have been March. It's funny. I just remember I just read this book um, called The Secret Apartment, and it was written by a guy. Um, he's another. He's an author. He's written other stuff, but in the 70s, Uh, He was living in Philadelphia. He was running. His family ran the concessions at Veteran Stadium, which was an old big bowl where the Phillies played and the Eagles played. They shared baseball, football. And they ran the concessions. He ran all the parking for, the. I mean, huge. And he ended up, he was single, no kids, nothing. And he ended up converting like a storage room in the stadium to the apartment. You know, he had a friend who was a player who had moved away and gave him his um or, or the guy said listen I can store your furniture for you and he set it up as no he had no other residence except for this and he lived there for two years in veteran stadium and they wrote the book recently called the secret apartment and I was so intrigued by this it was I thought I gotta get this so I, I read it from the library actually and read it, it was a fun little read oh. um interesting story one of those things that I kind of like if you had a chance to do this would you do it and um Kind of, kind of fun. If you're, a, if you're a fan of baseball, and you know, I've been to Veterans Stadium. It's all torn down now, and they built, uh, well, Citizens Bank Park became the baseball stadium in Philadelphia. The Veterans Stadium is
1: gone. But, oh, wow. I just thought of that crazy stuff. Hmm. So, I think the last time we did when we had talked about how the Stanley Cup, I don't know if we did. We talk after after we won it or not. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Champa Speaking Bay. of Tampa
0: Bay, our Red Sox were in first place all season through the first All-Star break, and now we, we seem to not be able to put a win together, and Tampa Bay is in the lead in the AL East by, like, five
1: games. Yeah, this is the sound you hear in Boston. In day, You're right. They're all doing this. <laughs> we were
0: in first place all season, which most people didn't see coming, and now we're like five games back on the race. Yeah, the Rays are going like this. <laughs> I got that one. Although I don't know, maybe our timing's still off. Maybe my audio's off. Yeah, they're looking good. I'm gonna make. A, I, I'm making this. Uh, here's my, what's today? August 14th. A uh, couple of birthdays I have in my friends' lives today, birthdays, three of them, I know. Um, August 14th, World Series is going to be the Chicago White Sox and the Milwaukee Brewers. You heard it right here. Wow. No offense to Champa Bay.
1: No, I think I'm going to shut the, the, the whole podcast down right now. <laughs> well, we can say the White Sox in honor of the Field of Dreams.
0: I didn't know until I watched the movie that the Chicago White Sox, where that was the whole scandal in 1918, the Black Sox, and they threw the
1: World, the World Series, and Shoeless Joe was not involved. There was a few few uh, home runs during that game, so I think it's because the wall is lower or something.
0: There were a bunch of home runs. I think it was a combination of the um, seven or eight home runs, um, the warmth. There's been a little speculation that MLB juiced the balls a little bit. Oh. To kind of have some home runs. Uh, who knows, we, but
1: we we can't we can't deny or prove that, so you know. That's right.
0: Neither of us work for the MLB, so we cannot confirm nor deny such allegations.
1: That's what that's what is confirmed nor deny. <laughs> confirm nor deny any allegations like that. No. Wow. Uh, so um what else we want to talk about? I don't know.
0: I'll tell you something I had going on Thursday night this week. Yeah. I was nervous about this for months. You know, when you got something coming up medically and you're like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. So I was walking out of my house in February, New England in the ice, and I fell on the black ice. Oh. And I just kind of went down onto my hands and knees, but I wrenched my shoulder, something really good. This is six months ago. And so I was in physical therapy for my shoulder and it's just not getting better. And I've had rotator cuff surgery in the past. So I kind of know what that feels like. This doesn't feel like that, but something's going on and I know it. And I'm like, oh, I could go see my ortho guy, the surgeon who did my shoulders. But I know this is going to have me getting into an MRI tube. And I'm not so good in those things anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I used to just slide right in and fall asleep, for goodness sakes. But as I got older, I got claustrophobic. And the last time I was in there, I freaked out. And it's an uncomfortable thing. And it's the brain just, you can't, oh, my God, it's awful. And so I knew this was coming. So I went and saw the surgeon a few weeks ago for an appointment. and he's like, he took an x-ray which just shows bone there. And he's like, well, here's the two bolts I put in 10 years ago in my rotator cuff surgery. Everything was great, your spacing is terrific, you're getting arthritis in your shoulder, you're good. But something's up, so you gotta go for an MRI. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. So I explained my claustrophobia, and he prescribed something for anxiety. He said Ativan, but it was some other thing with an L, but whatever. And he said, you know, take one of these and it'll probably help you get through. I'm like, okay. But I was nervous for weeks. And then this past week, Monday morning, I woke up. The first thing I thought about was like oh, Thursday night's coming. And this is embarrassing. But years and years ago, the last time I went for an MRI, when I freaked out, there was this little, little I say little girl. She seemed like she was 15 years old. Obviously, she wasn't because she worked at this place. But I said to the technician, I know it's going to work. And the, I said, it's just a matter of, so I said, if, if she's going to stand outside this and have her hand on my ankle... I will make it through because somehow that makes me think like I'm not alone or something. So she's like, okay. And I'm like, here's this poor little girl. Like, who is this creep that needs to have my hand on his ankle? (laughs) But I got through it. So um, I show up Thursday night. I take the, uh, I took the the pill at about 7.15 Thursday night to 9 o'clock appointment, 9 p.m. I get down there. Lynn comes with me and all the emails are like, you can't have anybody with you. And I'm like, oh, God. So we go to sign in at the desk and she's taking all my information and she says to lynn are you going in and lynn's like yes I'm like oh so i didn't know she could so then we get in and i'm talking to the technician and i said here's the situation here's half of the past this is my ace in the hole if lynn can come in and keep her hand on my ankle we'll be in and out i'll be no problem i promise And she's like absolutely and i remember thinking like if i'd known this i wouldn't have been nervous for all these months Sure enough, they give you the headphones. They let you pick the music, but it's pretty loud. But there's one more piece to this. If anybody's concerned about MRIs or claustrophobic, I have the solution because I no longer have any concerns about MRIs in the future. So I'm about to go in, and I did request an open machine because normally they're like they're right here, you know. And this one was about maybe three or four inches off your face. Still pretty tight. So I was given to go in, and you hit the top, and I was like, oh boy. And then was like, oh, you know what? Let me get one more thing for you. This might help. And she brings this pair of glasses in, and she puts them on me like glasses, but they're like prism glasses, and so they allow you to see 45 degrees. There's, you know, and so if you if you wore them standing up, you'd be looking at your feet. And so as I go into the tube, I look through these glasses. I'm looking right at Lynn. And I had a little bit of Beatles music going on and I had the, you know, the headphones. I got the hand on the ankle. I was in and out of there. I mean, it was probably 16 or 18 minutes and they do a bunch of different things. The woman talks to you through the headphones. No problem whatsoever. It was amazing experience. I'm not even sure the Ativan ever even kicked in, although I got a little drowsy once I was in there, but that might have just been a relief of all this. I mean, I, was, I think stress, no question, stress will take its toll on our bodies physically. And I've been worried about this for weeks. And until like I get it behind me, it's like, oh my goodness. So I was glad about that. So, how's it? It's not affecting your drum playing, though. You, you, you play very well still. It doesn't hurt when I, yeah, it's a funny thing. It's not, a, I don't think it's a rotator cuff because I know what that feels like, but there's something going on. When I reach for certain things, there's quite a bit of pain. Sometimes it aches. Drumming doesn't hurt it. So I have an appointment with him in two a week and a half, Monday, the, two Mondays from now. And results will be in and we'll figure it out. I mean, I've always believed, you know, surgery has got to be a last option. Um, but if that's where you are, let's just fix this thing. It's been miserable for six months, but that MRI experience was something else. If you ever go for one of those, ask about those glasses, it helped me
1: immensely. The last time I went to an MRI, I heard the tech say, call the parts department. We're gonna need more parts. We're gonna need more parts.
0: And I'll check with Lynn, but she's probably available to be uh, contracted as an independent contractor if you're looking for a hand on your ankle.
1: Wow. <laughs> I'm sure, work, work sure. From it works for me.
0: Isn't that crazy? Like, I just like the brain does this. And I mean, what's the big deal? You know, want two to come out, but wow, our brains,
1: it's funny. It, it, it all happens in the brain. It's not. It really does. And
0: I talked to the, the surgeon about this. He's like, "Listen, in my office, I deal with two big things: claustrophobia and needle phobia, because they do a lot of steroid shots into the joints." Oh yeah, yeah. I, I got no problem with needles, but man, so. But it's really nice to be able to look forward and go. If I ever need an MRI, I'll be good. Oh. Huh. Hey, did you notice
1: that the, the the guitar behind me back there has the the. Gibson case and then it has another logo on top of it. Can you see it?
0: I think I see a, uh, is that the Oysterbone logo? Yeah. Got your own guitars now? You guys are big time.
1: It's not on a guitar, it's actually the Oysterbone shirt that I folded and put it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you shouldn't have said anything. You should have said, yeah, we're making our own guitars now. Yeah, we're making our own guitars, yeah. Have you heard of a um, Reverend guitar? What is it? Reverend? Reverend, no. Yeah, Marco plays one. Um, Marco kind of plays one of everything, it seems like. But Marco's got a Revan. And in our photo shoot we did for the CD, he has a Revan guitar he's holding. And he's sending a CD to the Revan company saying, hey, I'm repping your stuff. Can I get some free guitars?
1: <laughs> so is he, um, does Marco play a lot of different um, alternate tunings? Um, not a lot. We got standard tuning and
0: we do quite a bit in drop D. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, if we go through our set list for rehearsal, which we're doing this afternoon, we'll, you know, we'll do that in terms of standard tuning and then D.
1: So, I've been listening to the, me a drummer
0: like I'm talking, like you know I can what I'm talking about.
1: As you know, I started playing the guitar back in the 70s. And just just recently, the other guys in the band, because I'm the oldest guy in the band, they wanted to play a song in Drop D. And I said, What the F is Drop D? I mean, I knew what it was, but I made a big deal about it. So, we, we play um, Evermore. Oh yeah. That's drop D. Kind of strange. But so one of my
0: favorite bands in the world that most people haven't heard of, but every musician has, because they're kind of a musician's band, is King's X. Oh yeah. And King's X King's X does a lot of stuff in drop D. And I was always told I don't get it, but I was always told the drop D kind of gives you a deeper, fuller, darker sound. That's all I right know.
1: Well the E string, which is the the the, the low string, the, the, the thick one you bring that down to a D. So now when you play your chords, you can't really play them quite exactly the same, but it's like D throughout the whole thing, like when we would play Evermore or long, it, um, hmm. it just, it changes it. But there's a lot of songs that you know, that you've heard that are in drop D. Yeah. It's kind of strange. Yeah. You don't, you don't do any, any drop uh, D in the drums, do you? I No. No, no drums
0: to anything. Terry Bozio does because he's got, I don't know how many drums and they're all tuned to different notes, but that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's, I, I don't know if I gave a percentage. I'd say 25% or a third of our songs are in drop D. Is that right? I think, so. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, but yeah. I know that out of our four new ones, two, two of them are, if not three, actually. We got like, so- this great new song I'm so excited about called Gravel Yard. Um, and it starts with a kind of an unusual drum beat and it builds and it's it's really cool. And we did not do it in the side yard gig before the torrential rain. And um, I was disappointed because it's a really cool tune. And I wanted people to hear it. So as you know, I'm sure, I'm sure your flights are booked. We're doing it again on September 4th and we'll see you then.
1: Yeah. So I, I was trying I was, I tried to tell you the reason why I jumped in the car so fast is because there was a car, it was not my, uh, one of my friends that borrowed that car. And so, um, you know, it's nice Mercedes with leather seats and stuff, and I didn't want to get all wet and then go into the in the car, you know, being wet. Oh, yeah, that's why I went in there. But then when you come over and say hi, I was trying to talk to you but I was like closing the windows. I didn't want to ruin the car. Those. Was- yeah. They were- okay. Talk to you later. <laughs> so is um the the second house with the um, where we put the equipment when the, when the rain started? Is that where you live? Is your house? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I call it the cottage. Cottage. yeah. So. My GPS wouldn't let me go over there because every, it would try, every time I tried to go there, the GPS would tell me where to go, but then I couldn't find the street. So then I thought they had to go around the other way and come through because it's a yeah. way or something or something like that. I don't know. It was weird.
0: It's my own little private haven in the middle of the city. Pretty hard to find. Yeah. Just the way I like it. It was worth it, though. Ah, <laughs> you're sweet.
1: No, that was a lot of fun.
0: It was fun. We're going to do it again and uh, hoping for... Better everybody had enough fun. We're like, imagine if we did this without the concern in front of all that crazy weather. So we're going to do it again on September 4th, which is the Saturday of Labor Day, which is going to be here before you, before you know it. It's the middle of August already. That's three weeks from today, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so when we live the Massachusetts... Yeah, three weeks from today,
0: we're doing the side yard gig again.
1: But my kids were both, both born in September, September 3rd and September 26th, so Labor Day weekend, we'd always have a birthday for both of them, birthday parties. Nice. Invite a bunch of people over and stuff, and... That's when i lived in limister school but those days are gone Nice. Uh, so we're playing nice, nice. we're playing saturday and adrian and our regular drummer is not available so um friend his friend is sitting in. he's the one that's like a a jazz type of drummer this is the jazz. When is it is this next saturday you said or today uh saturday next saturday okay next saturday yeah but he, he's really really good drummer and he's uh I don't know, just they both are, but it's the different styles.
0: Yeah, you've raved about this guy a lot.
1: Well, it's cool that, that he just, you know, if, if I was to sit sit in with um, Her Smile, or Her Face, Still Face. Whatever. Yeah, oh, Her Smile is a different band. We know what that is. Oh, Hurt's <laughs> I love that. That's a great band. So if I was going to sit in with you guys, I wouldn't know because I don't know your songs and it's not songs that I've ever heard. You know, and there's no, uh, you know, most of the songs when I play songs, the, the lyrics kind of determine where, where we go from there. True. But with you guys, your lyrics are all uh, very quiet. I never even heard the lyrics.
0: <laughs> you know, you give me an idea. Still face and warm up for hurt smile. Ooh. That'd be a nice. That'd be a nice gig.
1: By the way, I, I saw King's X uh, open up for Extreme one time. I did also. Yeah. Good band that was,
0: I, I saw that in Boston the Bank of Bank of America Pavilion out in the, out in the bay. Oh. Cool band,
1: that was one of the times, and that's I-, I
0: was so excited. That's two of my favorite bands right there Kings X and Extreme. I saw them on the same ticket, it's amazing.
1: I told you, one of the, one of the kids I took not a kid, but he was a young guy compared to me. He, he worked with me and he says that uh, he played the guitar. He says, Oh, what do, you, what do you play? He says, oh, I like uh, metal and stuff. And I said, So, who's your favorite guitar player? He goes, well, it's, I'm sure somebody never, you never never heard of." I says, well who is it? Try me. I, I know a lot of people I says, what's well, it's a guy by the name of Nuno Bencourt. I says, oh yeah, well, is he good? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's telling me the guy's greatness and that. So as it turned out, there, three weeks from that day, Extreme was playing at um, USF in Tampa, USF Sundown. And King Zax opened up for them. <laughs> So I said to him, hey, what are you doing next Thursday, whatever night it was? He goes, well, I don't know. I says, you want to go see a, a show? He says, well, where is this? She's coming with me. King's X goes, oh, I love King's I said, yeah, let's go see him. So, you know, we go there, of course, then Extreme comes. Extreme is table. the headliner. The headliner, but the back that show, they had, um, I think it was a 3 size size story. They had a, a six-piece or five-piece horn section with him. Oh. It's working good. So he was flipping out, but he didn't know that right in front of him, right next to me was Nuno's mother. The sister and brother and stuff. It, they, he had no idea who they were. And he doesn't know your association. No, so then uh, when the show was over, he says, man, this is so crazy. This was the best thing I've ever seen. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much this means to me. I says, well, let's go see if we go backstage. watch see those guys. He goes, you can't go backstage. I said, let's go see. He goes, what are you, crazy? I said, well, I see people getting back there. Let's go see if we can. So he walked me over there, you know, and I pulled out my pass and went, went past the guard. He's looking at me like, so I said, come on, come on. go." What are you doing? I said, don't you want to go meet the band? He goes, what are you crazy? no. <laughs> he goes, you can't do that. I said, I am. I'm going. So then he says, I can't get in. There. I said, well, use this. And I gave him the other pass. I said, use this. We'll get you in. So now he's flipping out. He says, what is going Give on? He gave him a
0: backstage pass. He's trying to put this together in his head.
1: Yeah. So now it was because it was at the U.S. Sun Dome, USF Sun You know, we walked out this big, big, wide corridor going to the locker room. That's where they're at, type of thing. And halfway down there, Nuno's sitting, uh, leaning up against the wall, you know, waiting for his family and stuff and some friends. So when he sees me, he says, Cabral, what are you doing here, man? And he gives me a big hug. And this kid, Joey, that I was with, he was like, What in the world is happening? He's like, I feel like so a <laughs> I, well, I said, You said you like these guys, so I figured I'd come over and try
0: so and put this together for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he goes, But well, how did this happen? I says, You have no idea who I am. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, so that's funny. Funny. Yeah. that reminds me of the stir and the guy asked you for photograph or something you said who are you tony tony you tony cabral oh, oh
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was in indianapolis at the uh union station or something i feel it was
0: well that's right we we're just talking indianapolis a nice uh, time out there that's so funny
1: yeah I, I showed you the picture i had the the picture on, on a cover of a road and track which is like a right right little thing but i had it on top of the table and the kid was, oh. he kept looking at Dan, looking at me, looking at them, looking at me, goes, is that you? I said, yeah, he goes, so who are you? I says, Tony he goes, Tony, who? I says, Tony Capral, he goes, oh, you know, like, <laughs> And then I'm hitting the so guy. I'm I, will,
0: I, I would love to see the uh, Three Sides to Every Story tour with that whole section they had. That would have been amazing.
1: With the horn section, was really good.
0: I did see them much more recently than that. They toured and they did the entire porno cd which was you know amazing plus a bunch of other stuff but it reminded me of a story i used to have a friend of mine who had that three side cd stuck in his car cd player and he couldn't get it out so the only thing he listened to was three sides guilty oh that's
1: oh oh that's me yeah <laughs> 20 who? 20, 20, oh. so when the streamer was doing a tour for the 25th anniversary uh they played at um capitol theater in clearwater so i took the guys from Oysterbone to the show and got them backstage and stuff you know and they have a, se- a section with the vip stuff and people are waiting in line to take pictures and get autographs so the guys wanted to go in that line it says no no you don't want to go in that line you see what they're doing it, the, each guy's talking to the people about five seconds you know saying hi hey, because a lot of people waiting if we just sit back here and wait when it's over noon will come over and talk to us if you go there you're just gonna have five seconds but if you if you just wait so they're like no i said no just wait trust me When all over he comes over he says hey tony you know, then we're talking, and he meets the guys, and he says, You guys play a band with this jerky? You know, and it's, it's that kind of stuff. You know, Nuno's <laughs> that sarcastic uh, comedy thing. But then he told us a story about Paul McCartney. I think I told you that story. Oh, uh, well, time- tell me that again.
0: Because this is uh, what was that for?
1: What was the event? Well, there was a, some kind of um, music award show that was going to be on TV, and Rihanna, Nuno, because Nuno at the time was playing with Rihanna.
0: Playing with her, right.
1: Paul McCartney and uh, Kanye West did, did a song together. So they, they, they put our song together. So they were going to perform it at that show. So Nuno was the first one there, because the band was supposed to rehearse. So Nuno was the first one there. And he was playing the guitar by himself. And some guy taps him on the shoulder and says, what are you working on, mate? So Nuno looked back and it was Paul McCartney. But here's the story. The Beatles for the courts, were like the gods, you know. This this is like, uh, oh, yeah. right? So he um, says, what are you working on? So, so they started playing with, a, with, a, with Nuno on the guitar and he's, he's just messing around, right? And I get the shivers just because the way, the way that Nuno told the story was so crazy. I know, Nuno, I know. Nuno said to him afterwards, you have, you have no idea, my whole family are musicians and they love you guys, especially you. My oldest brother is crazy about you.
0: So, and Nuno's oldest brother probably, I mean, that was about the time the Beatles were, he was listening to this as it was happening.
1: Yeah, back in the A's and stuff. So then uh, he says, ring him up, mate. And Nuno gets his iPhone out and does the FaceTime with his brother Robert. He says, hey, Robert, how you doing? He says, I got somebody here who wants to talk to you. He goes, who is it? He says, so he gives the phone to Paul McCartney, starts talking to him, and Robert starts crying. Of course he does. So it's just one of those stories that just, I, I get emotional about it. But anyway. <laughs> A few a few minutes late, Rihanna shows up with, you know, 14 people with her in her entourage. And then a half an hour late, Kanye West shows up with about 40 people in his entourage. And I'm sure that Conway felt that because of what he was going to do on stage with Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney would finally be f- famous because of him or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just so so cool. Nuno
0: shows up by himself early. McCartney shows up by himself
1: early. And then all
0: the, you know, with the entourage, show up because it's yeah. the biggest thing going on.
1: Amazing. But the, you, know,
0: a, you know what I love about this? I've heard this story from you four or five times over the years. And one time I was driving with my friend Joe in the car. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I asked you to tell because Joe's the biggest deal fan I know. And you have never, and this is what I love about this, and what I love about you, you've never told the story without crying. You can't not cry and tell that story.
1: I, I held back pretty good this time, but uh Yeah, you did. <laughs> but yeah. isn't it because maybe. of the humanity in it? So yeah. Paul McCartney, he's like, ring him up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: And Nuno, and think about Nuno's perspective. He gets to share with his brother, like what he did for his brother. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing.
1: So um, you would think that by now Paul McCartney would have called me and said, hey, can I sit in with you guys with bone? He probably doesn't even have my yeah, number. By now, he would have. He probably doesn't even have my number. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> then, that, then that's
0: on Nuno, because Nuno has
1: it. Nuno has my number. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't
0: have the same expectation for McCartney to call me because we're an instrumental band, so he's off the hook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sir Paul McCartney. Sir. Sir. Not many sirs
0: out there. Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, so my buddy Joe, who you know and have told that story to, is out in Huntington Beach, has a cool band, J.D. and the Retro Riders, very kind of power pop, cool, how would I describe this, um, Tom Petty, Beatlesy, just cool, uh-huh. you know, poppy, sing-along stuff, background singers, and awesome. And they spent the last two days actually shooting a music video, like doing this big time. And um, I was talking to him last night after all the shoots were done outdoors and the video. Just such a fun process to take that on. And the planning that goes on, like to the details. They were like out in some canyon out in Southern California. And they had to bring a generator for power. Not that they were playing live, but they had to play the song As they played along to it, it was all timed up and synced up, so the video's going to work. It's fascinating to hear about, so I'm sure it'll be weeks before I can see it, but really
1: exciting for them. So does Joe live out there, or does he live in Worcester?
0: No, Joe's been in Southern California for 30 years.
1: But he opened a store in Worcester.
0: No, that's a different Joe. Joe's albums, you're talking?
1: Yeah, I told you.
0: Joe's (laughs) a pretty common name. I know four or five of them, so...
1: I love that story about my friend called me and said, hey, meet me at Joe's Albums in 45. And I got there in 33, which is record time. And then you came came back with, did you get a a, a speeding ticket for driving 78? That was awesome. Wow. (laughs) You got me with that one. 78 down Main Street, whiskey. That's going to get you in trouble. So I just just assumed it was the same Joe, but... uh, I didn't know you knew about no, different, different
0: people. Know. So JD and the Retro Riders, it's some really fun stuff. Check it out on any musical, what are those all called? iTunes, Spotify, all those platforms, fun stuff.
1: Retro Drivers? This,
0: uh, this music video is for a song they have called Save Me From Myself. Ooh. So I just said the name and I got the melody in my head. That's how infectious this music is. It's really cool. Oh,
1: very nice.
0: Oh, so you got a gig next week? You said. Yeah, next week. Next. Silver Saturday. King. Silver King Brewery. I gotta get down to the Silver King Brewery.
1: I like breweries. Yeah, that place is kind of uh, unique. It's different. You know, they're all over the place. They're up in New yeah. England. They're
0: exploding everywhere. Every turn, yeah. there's a new craft brewery and entertainment and beer and.
1: So a good friend of mine lives on uh, Houghton Street, off of, off of Main Street Hudson. Mm-hmm. So he can sit outside because um, Medusa has live, live uh, musicians playing, but, but they play outside, but they don't play right behind the, the brewery, they play a little off of a brewery. And my, my friend can sit on his, his front lawn and listen to the music right there, but it's like not even like maybe 50 yards away from him or something.
0: So I've been to Medusa and I've seen inside entertainment. They have live music outside, out back, not out front on the street?
1: Yeah, out back. Oh, my goodness. There's an area with some, uh, like, covered... Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. And do they do...
0: Because I've seen, like, the acoustic guy, my friend Pedro. You know Pedro. I've seen Pedro over there on acoustic by himself. What a musician. Do they have full bands out back, or is it still just a single guy acoustic on a stool?
1: I don't know. I've never been there, but... Uh, I mean, I, w- I was inside one time with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That yeah. might have been the
0: last time I was there.
1: Oh, yeah. After going in with me, who- it wouldn't be uh, worth... The they're going. dead to
0: me, unless you're with me. They're dead yeah. to me, unless unless okay. I got you
1: with me. I was even, even going to shut them down because uh, I have connections. <laughs> so, you know where they're at? Just just next on the same building, there used to be a place called um, Obashan Hardware. Aubuchon. Aubuchon, yeah. The, right there in the same building, in the corner. One mm-hmm. time I went in there and I bought a a, a pound of nails. A pound? I got home, there was half of them had the head on head on the wrong side.
0: That <laughs> reminds me of a joke, but I can't come up with enough of it to try to retell it, but I will sometime in the future. Okay. Okay. You can hold me to that. That in my baseball
1: shirt. <laughs> I have a friend that lived, lived in Fabens, Texas, which is right you know, close to El Paso. Yeah. And his father, it's like a small town, but his father had the store that was the general store, hardware store, the post office, and the convenience store. Everything was all in one store. So one time I called up the store and said, hey, is Isaac working today? And I said, "Yes." Yeah. I says, put him on the phone. So he's got on the phone you know, we're good friends. And I tried to discuss my voice he and says, hey, I went over there today and I bought a, bought a pound of nails from you and half of them have the head on the wrong side. He goes, what? You bought them for me? I says, yes, sir. He goes, I don't think so. I says, I know it was you. You had an name tag that said Isaac, right? But I'm trying to disguise my voice because, you know, he hadn't talked to me in a while. So he says, yeah, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I says, well, half of, the, half of the nails have the head on the wrong side. So I can't bang them in. I had to throw him out. He goes, I never heard of that before. I says, well, if you were me and your name was Tony Cabral, you'd know what I'm saying. He goes, Tony, <laughs> what the heck are you doing? <laughs>
0: was this Isaac who I had the honor of knowing a little bit? I don't know. Isaac. With an S. Last name S. No, no. Okay. Salcido. That's so funny. If you were me, your name was
1: Tony Cabral. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So he um, we get together when I was there. We got together at his grandmother's house. It was like right by the Rio Grande. So. The floor in the house was was dirt. You know, they didn't have real, real floors. It was like a, an old type of house. Real, real cool. But the family, they all played guitars and stuff, and they they get together and make some Mexican food and have a good time. It was awesome. Wow. Nice. Good stuff. Nice, but, nice.
0: Well, what do you got going on the rest of the weekend? What's happening today and rest of the weekend? What do you got going on?
1: Well, I have um, one of our friends coming over to visit us today because she's... Uh, actually good friends with my son my oldest son and uh we ended up being friends with her so she doesn't live here anymore but her grandparents live here and she comes into town and every time she does she brings us cuban food because her grandmother makes cuban food and she brings us cuban coffee and stuff so we sit around it's supposed to be like an hour thing and we sit up sit around talking for about four or five hours nice so i finally had to i finally have to tell her the story that my grandfather used to say when he had company because he got up early and he said, Maria, let's go to bed. These people want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a true story. <laughs> he used to say that. Try to give him a hint. They're overstanding. Like, let's go to bed. These people want to go home. <laughs> yeah, Maria, let's go to bed. These people want to go home. It's very guilty of saying, get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. if, they if they didn't get the hint, he'd say, listen, guys, on your way out, make sure you close the door. And he'd go to bed. <laughs> But he was one of those guys that was an awesome storyteller. When the kids saw him coming, he'd be coming up this thing on you know, his donkey and stuff, they'd all run out and say, you know, the Loura, they call him his last name was Laura, L-O-U-R-A. And you means uncle, but he wasn't an uncle, but they just say, you tell us a story, tell us a story. So he'd just make up stories in the spot about nothing. I don't know, it's just interesting, people love to listen to him. Wow. I don't know. I don't know some of that rubbed off on me, what the heck happened, I'm always telling stories. Probably did. And some of them are true. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> Sometimes when I tell a story it gets better and better as I tell it because I embellish more and more. So if you heard it the 5th, uh, that's a great story. I understand. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy.
1: That's awesome. Well, let's
0: wrap this baby up. I just thought this time is flying today. It's been fun.
1: So, we want to give I want to give the the keeper five more points because for her to go and hold you down at the MRI so you couldn't run, that's pretty good. She's a keeper. <laughs> that's funny,
0: holding me down versus just lightly touching my ankle.
1: Yeah.
0: Holding me there. She's, she's holding you down. Stop
1: moving. <laughs> hey, stop that's moving. That's
0: funny, right? What I'm saying to her, would you just keep, please keep your hand on my ankle. And the technician saying, would you please hold that guy down? Yeah. <laughs> the keep keeper's stuck in the middle.
1: Wow. Funny. So that then tomorrow I got um, a friend come up, we're going to go have lunch, and he's, he's one of those guys that I play with. So we're going to gym a little bit. Nice. At the house. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: We got band rehearsal this afternoon. I'll keep you posted. Fun stuff.
1: Huh.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Good to be back.
1: So ask Marco if he, did, if he does anything with uh, Dad, Dad Gat. Dad Gat? That gad is a is a tuning thing. That Jimi Hendrix used to use sometimes. Oh. He probably knows it.
0: I think when you do that you have to play your guitar upside down,
1: don't you? Oh, well, behind your head. You to... Or with your teeth. Something. Something, yeah. <laughs> Last time I went to the dentist, I says, Hey, what's going on? Your teeth are different. Are you playing guitar with your teeth or something? What's going on? Ah.
0: Oh, awesome! All right, my friend, enjoy the weekend. Always a pleasure. This is number 11. So now people can say about this podcast, these go to 11.
1: Yeah, our podcast goes to 11.
0: Let's do the things with a spinal tap reference. That's that's important. I love it.
1: I thought it only went up to 10. Yeah, well, we go to 11, so we go one more, isn't it?
0: When we need that push over the cliff.
1: <laughs> I gotta watch that movie again. That was so cool. I think I have to also. <laughs>
0: and the Keep has never seen it, so that might oh, be yeah. a requirement.
1: Yeah. She's gonna hang around with the musician. she has to uh, watch that movie.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Talk about people that hang around with musicians. Drummers always hang around with musicians, don't they? That's the culture. I was
0: the culture.
1: <laughs> oh boy! So, one time, enjoy I, it, my friend. St. Peter was at the pearly gates, right? So, this guy showed up because he died. And he said, Hey, wasn't expecting you today. So, what kind of how much money did you make? He said, Well, I made sixty two thousand dollars a year. He says, Oh, you're electronic technician. He says, Yeah, second guy says. Hey, so uh, what are you doing here? How much do you make a year? I made ninety-five thousand dollars a year. He says, "Oh, you're an engineer." He says, "Yeah." So the other guy comes in, and says, "How much money do you make a year?" He says, 14. Oh, you're a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note. <laughs> on that note, let's let's move on. <laughs> Have a great week. Okay, buddy. See you. See you soon.